0: everybody and welcome back to some interseason goodness from sequelizers i am your host as always jack chambers and joining me also as always is matthew stogden hello how are you i'm, I'm good thanks how Not are you you're you fucking oh. in the audience god forbid somebody asks me how i am i know how you are no you don't nobody We've does. Been talking for like an hour <laughs> behind the scenes we we start recording as soon as we start talking. That's the rules. We're in our smoking jackets. <laughs> and cravats. And speaking of smoking jackets and cravats, also as always, joining us, is Tim Matum. You can't handle the truth. Ooh. Interesting. Interesting. That implies we can tell the truth to these answers. Well, yeah, exactly. Speaking of answers, this is the return of listener feedback. It comes around... Once every interseason, once in a blue moon. <laughs> is this the third time we've done it now? Fourth time? This is the fourth, the fourth QA with Wow, we've done. okay. That's, but
1: the third with.
0: Actually, no. Technically the second with Tim.
1: Because I wasn't the, here for the last one. Tim wasn't. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> so, yeah, all three of us are back. We have taken questions from both Twitter, emails, and the Discord. A few things to get through, and let's get stuck in. Let's not mess about. There's no bad sequels to be fixing but there might be some games to play and films to discuss later on so let's get stuck in and let's kick off with a name most of the listeners are probably already familiar with one of our executive producers mr jonathan firth clark <laughs> hold the applause <laughs> He's submitted it via discord and he says when and if you guys do remake realizers and also Fuck you, John. It's requalizers. Come on. <laughs> Re- remakequalizers. come on. Doo doo. Will you be doing your versions of shitty remakes? Pitching a remake of a film that you feel should have one, or a combination of both? How do you decide which content goes into an in-season and which goes on Patreon? Like the trailer episode, for example. You can slot it into either one really easily. Is there one film you guys refuse to sequelize? I don't mean a good film, but one you so genuinely awful you'd just say Fuck no, not that again. Not after Son of the Mask. So, let's take all these one at a time. Thank you, first of all, for the question, John. Thank you. Uh, For Requalizers, if and when we ever do that, are we going to be doing versions of shitty remakes, pitching a remake of a film we should have one, we think should have one, or both? I think the answer is the first one, fixing shitty remakes, because fixing bad bad blanks is basically what we do, so... Mm yeah the the the
1: interseason discussion of sequel we'd like to see is its own separate entity it's not part of the main series could, so i'd say in the same a way
0: we remake we want to see i guess but yeah yeah it's off of, so. yeah
1: i mean there's a the real color is what that's the real question is what color would it be it would be
0: like a two with an r in it but what color would it be <laughs> blue green who the fuck knows mm, i'll have to wait and find out And we'll find out when John just picks a colour and is like, see?
2: (laughs) Yeah, I I feel like pitching remakes of films is, there's so many films out there, even good films, that we would be like, "Ah, but I'd like to see it done with, like, just change that thing and, like, you know, that actor, you know it's got Kevin Spacey in, so let's remake it with a new cast and so we don't have to oh, feel okay. guilty with it kind of thing or, you know, whatever. Give um, them 100
0: million more dollars and see what
2: happens. Yeah, um, <laughs> whereas remakes, at least it, it, it concentrates us on a limited pool of, of what there is and there's plenty out there uh, in terms of remakes
1: that shouldn't have happened or could have been done in a more interesting way. The other one that'd be interesting is, Uh, do we include remakes that turn out to actually be sort of sequels like that the the trailer for recently for The Craft has gone up and it's like oh it's a remake no wait that's acknowledgement of the original so wait is this a sequel as well as a remake Mm. what is this soft reboot what what is this (laughs) so yeah they'll they'll be the the classic thing like with the prequels
0: does this qualify as anything yeah next question from John was how do you decide which content goes into in season and what goes on Patreon the answer to that is we kind of just pick it and see what happens we've got <laughs> some things that are obviously set on patreon and some things that are set on the in-season. like we wouldn't do a q a episode like this just for patreon this is an in-season thing so mm. this gets kind of now locked in that position i suppose and same for the what we watched recently is also a Patreon exclusive thing so that's going to mm. stick on patreon but in terms mm. of like topics of films and things like that there's nothing that particularly determines it we kind of usually one or two of us will come up with a rough structure for an entire season or an entire interseason and then the other two will be like mm, no actually i think we should do this or maybe that should be episode five instead of episode 10 or oh we had the idea for that we were talking about that the other week how about we swap that in instead or oh that's topical maybe mm-hmm. put that in instead so mm-hmm. there's no real rhyme or reason to it it's just kind of a trial by committee kind of thing between the three of us it's the same as
1: the as the main seasons. We have a long master list of suggestions. Much, we have a conversation, yeah. and we sort of hash it out. Like to be
0: fair, we live and die by our Google Docs, yeah. ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> we do.
1: We, do. we it used to be in a notepad, <laughs> that only one of us used to have oh, for some reason. Oh god! And now it's you know a shared document because it's much more organized that way. So yeah, conversation.
0: <laughs> and lastly, is there one film you guys refuse to sequelize?
2: i can't think of it i I think there's there are films that we wouldn't bother doing but none of them because they're so like notoriously bad they're just because they'd be kind of like
1: too obscure and no one would care about them kind of stuff like it's the non non qualifier isn't it it's like oh well well we can't really in the same way when we did um too fast too furious it's like do we do this because it kind of fixes itself? Mm. Do we do Quantum of Solace? Do we bother? That kind of thing. It's like, again, part of that conversation. We just tend to say, yeah. But the thing is, I don't think we've ever shut anything down. We're
0: definitely not going to cover this at all. There's no way. The only time we've done that is when somebody has suggested something and then we all go, did we we all like that film, though, right? And we are going, <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. And I, I'm worried on the outline. I was like, No, I really, really like that. Why are they suggesting we fix it? And then you both confirm, You're like, No, that is really good, Jack. Don't worry. You're not going mental. I'm like, Okay, good, good, good. There's this, this, then, this we one. Then do the- the other thing where we pick films that people like, but we don't like, and then we get to <laughs> watch it, which we will get into yeah. in a moment as well.
1: Yeah, yeah
2: there's one on the list uh, that someone put in our in our big master list of bad sequels, and and I, I every time I go down the list, I'm like that sequel is better than the original i don't know what this film is doing on here Ooh, and if it ever well, gets it called terrible. out i shall i shall be uh,
1: protesting against its inclusion it's interesting. i
0: don't know what film you're talking about i know off the top of my head i have no clue what you're talking about so i bet i put it in there as well <laughs> admittedly,
1: i know this because i put it we, we, we had a discussion for the prequalizers where i said i want to do king kong and uh jack said king kong's fine and Tim said i like king kong i'm like well fuck you fine as in, kong, as in fine. peter jackson's king kong by the way folks no, not that. Um, <laughs> no, the... Um, I can't remember the name of the guy who directed it. But the I Legendary know. Universe one. I it was Kong, Kong Skull Island, Island is
0: what you're looking for. Thank you, Kong Skull Island. I, I just wanted to throw you me. under the bus. Yeah, I really like Peter Jackson's King Kong. Oh, yeah, oh. I do like Peter Jackson's King Kong. Yeah, I don't. So they- <laughs> Those fucking... fucking it takes dinosaurs.
1: to make a world. <laughs> Shit. Um, <laughs> yeah, so like this, for example. This is the conversation we'll tend to have. We'll go, eh... And there's certain hills you want to die on, and most of us, the three of us specifically, tend to c- become very agreeable very quickly. We've never really gone, no, 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 listen, motherfucker. I
0: have to have this in here. <laughs> we've got that to look forward to, according to Tim. <laughs> there is one film <laughs> where he's. Yeah, sorry, just... of course, there's
1: one thing. And that list is quite long. So it is, know, yeah, yeah. It's, it's literally like he's mind
0: at that motherfucker. There's no clue. And as you've probably guessed, in terms of picking the main season, we go for different topics. I know we've talked about this before, but like we don't just mm. pick. 12 films at random at this point we try and cover a variety of topics so it's not like here's the sci-fi season here's the family friendly season we try and yes sprinkle oh there's an animated film in there there's a non-english language film in there there's a sci-fi film and there's a horror thing whatever a classic you know pre-1970s 1960s kind of thing we try and cover make the the thing as diverse as we can really without taking the piss so that's the kind of main driving force behind the whole structure of our seasons and interseasons is just having a bit of diversity and making sure we cover different topics and don't just get exhausted writing or talking about the same thing for <laughs> two and, <laughs> yeah, and a half months yeah. three months whatever it ends up
1: being without spoiling what's coming in series seven i'm pretty sure i we had initially decided to just divide up who was going to take what for each pitch and then as, oh, the second half we did that, I sent Jack I was saying, hey, can we switch these two? Because I've just realized I've written so many of this kind of movie <laughs>
0: that I'm kind of burned yeah. out. Uh, it was a particular genre that I hadn't really thought about. And you were like, I've done this twice, like recently. And I was like, oh, yeah, yeah.
1: so you have. It's not a bad thing. It's just you don't want to end up writing the same plot and realizing, oh, hang on, like, I think I've just cannibalized my own
0: story. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, possibly. Whereas I, I yeah. will just do something completely different. There's a little tease for you, folks. What, Set it in what, space. what genre has Matt covered a lot recently? <laughs> Find out in season seven. Gay wizards! <laughs> That's a genre, right?
2: Our next question via Gmail this time uh, comes from Vincent Gain, uh, one of our long-time listeners. Um, he sent us an extremely nice email, uh, very long, saying how much he'd enjoyed the season uh, and, and previous seasons as well. Um, his question is there such a thing as objectivity in relation to films? Jack referred to X-Men Origins, Wolverine and Suicide Squad as objectively bad, and during your Oscars commentary there was a reference to the best picture Oscar going to the film that is objectively the best. You know, air quotes around objectively on those. Can there be objectivity in this context? Does a film carry value inherent in itself? So are there films that are objectively good or objectively bad?
0: No, but yes. (laughs) (laughs) That would
1: be my response. (laughs) Either that or an
0: essay. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Objectivity doesn't exist in terms of reviews or the the opinions of people ever, unless you're talking about literal scientific facts. Unless you have empirical evidence (laughs) that is like... Yeah, yeah, you know what I mean. In terms of people reviewing films and us discussing films and discussing whether we enjoy it or not, that is objectively subjective <laughs> yes that is by definition subjective however what i mean by that and i i don't know if you notice this listeners, i'm prone to a bit of hyperbole sometimes <laughs> uh, i regularly say i fucking hate that movie god oh god i just want to oh fuck i fucking hate that i probably don't hate it i'm like ah that's this i, I dislike it, it was slightly disappointing <laughs> six out of ten i fucking hate it uh, <laughs> but no um that's i've ever seen seven out of ten <laughs> exactly exactly but in terms of the, what I meant there was things like Suicide Squad and Son of the Mask and X-Men Origins Wolverine, they are fundamentally poorly made and executed uses of the medium of film. I think Son of the Mask fundamentally feel, like fails as a film to tell the story, the actors fail to act, the camera fails to be in the right place at the right time, None of the effects work. Like, there, there, there is a craft. Like, if you, if you write a book and you just chuck a bunch of letters, technically you've written a book, but if it's just <laughs> gibberish, then it's not an interesting, and it's objectively not a story. Things like X-Men Origins Wolverine, I think it fundamentally fails as a film as well. Not on the same level as Son of the Mask. Son of the Mask is objectively, and I mean objectively, the worst <laughs> film I've ever seen. But... X Men Origins Wolverine is such a piece of shit and so fundamentally misunderstands the whole franchise around it the effects are terrible the acting is terrible it ruins the whole continuity of the whole but basically everything around it I view it as an objectively bad film I know I shouldn't do because everything is subjective but <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> I think you know obviously there's there's certain things you can point to and go like well those are just mistakes in films (laughs) so like if the boom (laughs) drops into shot or like (laughs) (laughs) like yeah like if if the boom is in shot or if the camera's not in focus then you can point to that and go like that is that is pure acts like and if you if you can point to it and go like they have not done that intentionally as a way to generate an effect or for humor because you know there's things like black dynamite where the boom is constantly Mm. in the shot but they're doing that to parody stuff I think you know. Obviously, there's consensus, which is kind of why we have our stupid look at Rotten Tomatoes uh, in in every episode, because that yeah, sure. gives us an idea of the critical consensus. Even though Rotten Tomatoes is a dumb stat and that you know an imperfect <laughs> That's why we measure, do it, man. Um, it
0: makes no fucking sense.
2: And there's a the, you know there's the thing of like I can I can watch X Men Origins Wolverine and enjoy myself more than i would watching a perfectly coherently made film because it's so bad it's funny and so it's like well is it bad yes but am i enjoying myself yes so is that it so is it bad because i'm having fun you know there's i i i think there's there's definitely times when you feel like you can point at a thing and go like who who finds this in, you know who calls this film good and yet there will always be someone i was i for some reason i was watching the honest trailer of wild wild west earlier today wow. um and there were a bunch of comments underneath it of people being like i love this film and it's like it's fucking wild wild west it who? is not a good film
0: who are you uh, um, of now or forever hold your peace
2: <laughs> yeah and uh you know i think i think this is the thing is that even a film as bad as Son of the Mask, there are gonna be people who can find enjoyment out of it. And there's gonna be certain elements Don't you dare,
0: Tim. Don't you dare <laughs> say positive things about Son of the Mask. <laughs> and it's not allowed on this show. They finished it. That's
2: it yeah, I mean, this is the thing. Like, filmmaking is such a huge project. It's a miracle that any film gets finished. Um, like, but that doesn't make it good. It doesn't make it good, mm-hmm. but it makes it, it. Makes it. That makes it exist. That's it makes difference. it. It makes it an extant thing. <laughs> so, in some ways, they have succeeded at what they wanted to do. You know, they they've made
1: a film by by definition alone. By def,
2: yes. <laughs> so. Uh, yeah, no. Like, I mean, yeah. Objectivity is impossible, but there is there's if, consensus. on not
0: about. I agree.
2: Yes, <laughs> and and like we say, like you can look at a film and try and intuit what the filmmaker and and you know the entire production crew is trying to do and trying to say with a film, and judge by your own kind of metrics whether they are successful at doing a certain thing. And so there are ways to kind of by your in your own brain try and objectively sort out like, well, this film does what it wants to do. This film doesn't do what it wants to do. But yeah, no, objectivities doesn't exist as far as I'm concerned.
1: I'm, I'm going to jump in very quickly just for a minor little addition at the end and completely counter all that shit. <laughs> um, I think, first of all, a film can be objectively broken in that it's like, yeah, no, you enjoyed this, sure, but it doesn't work. I don't understand who he's... Like The uh, the Snowman, for example, the Michael Fassbender, very broken movie. That's an objectively bad film because it is broken, but that's the structural thing. The other thing about the definition of of objectivity is that it's about impartiality and unbiased and stuff. I think there are two groups who are the very key thing there, which actually describes it quite interestingly. One is AI, where you feed in like like 90 movies, Arnie movies and write a script. I thought, I like, thought you meant the... The film for a second there. <laughs> the Steven Spielberg,
0: <laughs> sort of Kubrick the, the collaboration. The Kubrick-Spielberg Spielberg collaboration, yeah. No,
1: no. Um, but specifically that, specifically the idea that AI is unbiased in regard, it can only just absorb what you've given it. And the second, in a more human way, is children. Yes, okay, they of course they have influence, of course they have certain things, but really, as far as film is concerned, they absorb that thing for the first time. That's their, yes, they've got like a cultural perspective and stuff that makes it sort of subjective but most of the time they go wow that's why for example people say this is the best thing i've ever seen it's like shut up little tim uh, it's like you're six it's not the best thing you've ever seen it won't be the best thing in your life but the problem is when you're a child you latch onto that stuff which is why people still say to this day what's your favorite movie it's like well i really really liked selma i had things, some great positive stuff in that thing it's a really well directed film by a fucking love hook <laughs> and I can't let Hook be dethroned by Selma, so it's still Hook. It's like, what the fuck are you talking about? I saw Hook when I was six, and it's the best film. It's like, no, no, you're wrong, you're wrong. Yeah, but I liked it then, so it must still be good. And you have the nostalgia, but goes. Uh, so, by the way, and you're claiming that's, that's proof of. Offense. You're claiming that's proof of objectivity. <laughs> Effectively, I'm trying to. <laughs> I'm, I'm saying that's more the idea that, that that in terms of impartiality and unbiased, I think there is a time where it's sort of that way. Having said that. In this setting, as a podcast, where we discuss films? Yeah, I agree with you guys. It's bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> and, and finally,
2: at, uh, at the end of Vincent's uh, email, he did just say, P.S., has Jack seen Noah yet?
0: No, I've not, but it's on my Netflix queue at the moment. Is on Netflix. <laughs> I showed you a clip. Uh, did you? Yeah. Or well, I'm actually your wife and you might have been looking
1: over her shoulder. I don't have a wife, but sure. <laughs> wife, fiancé,
0: <laughs> girlfriend, your fiancé. Thank you. I've been, I, look, I'm from I've the seen I've future, the first right? two minutes and then I was like, <laughs> I need to be concentrating on this. I was going to have yeah. it like all in the background as I was washing up. And I was like, no, was, oh, it, it, it was it, on my phone on a windowsill while I was washing <laughs> up. And I was like, this as Aronofsky is intended. <laughs> exactly, exactly, exactly. <laughs> the no, highest resolution, it- but smallest screen possible. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I, I heard a load of, I lived close to a school and I had all the kids playing. I thought, I thought, oh my God, that's the sound of the apocalypse because all the schools are back and coronaviruses everywhere, et cetera, et cetera. Yes. And I said, it reminds me of a scene in Noah. <laughs> and I showed it to uh, Jack's fiance, who's a, who's a nurse. And she went, oh, I get it. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's the sort of, how would I do this in a movie when I'd have all this sort of happy screaming in the playground, sort of harmonizing with the screaming of death and
0: wails of the, of the dying. There you go. So yeah, Noah, it's interesting. I'll watch it. I'll let you know. I do genuinely plan on watching it, but I need to get the time. Films we want to see a sequel to No. <laughs> question number three comes
1: from Teddy C via Discord. Uh, he says, "Not sure if this question has been questioned." What well, he's looking <laughs> for is asked, but sure. Nope. He wants us to question, interrogate <laughs> it like it's fucking LA noir or something. Um, has someone, actor, director, etc., who was involved in a movie the sequelizer talked about, taken contact regarding a show? Again, got in contact. Um, Short sure answer is no no <laughs> no, we're, we're not big enough or we are not enough. on anyone's radar No, I'm not gonna lie. I'm not going to lie I'm very happy about that because first things first no one wants to burn a bridge and say like oh I'm, it's such a great honor to be working with you and say yeah really and they play
0: a clip and you're like oh fuck Or if you're offered an acting role and you find out you're in you're, you know you're like minor minor role for you man mm. as an actor true sure. a fellow minor role is Jamie Kennedy <laughs> do you say anything or you're like, "Hello, Mr. Kennedy. Nice to meet you, Mr. Kennedy. I love it. I love you in This is literally
1: screaming. the scene with Sam Rockwell and Oliver Platt in fucking Frost Nixon, where he says, Are "You going to shake the president's hand? <laughs> fuck, I'm going
0: to shake the president's hand." And he goes, older?" Oh, "Mr. President." Wow. <laughs> oh, he's really intimidated by that. Yeah, like,
1: fuck you. So but I, I think uh, the but truth I feel is, like there's
0: a big difference between meeting the president and Jamie Kennedy.
1: <laughs> I could walk the president past in Jamie question Kennedy. was Nixon, so I don't know. <laughs> he's, he's still
0: intimidating. He's still you know got a certain charisma to it. Entourage, yeah.
1: And um, he's he was in, in Scream. Now I like him in Scream, so you know. I might afford him a curse. What, what, do I like, ever meet someone that like Red Commons for a famous person? I will tend to just say something nice about one thing I like them in because there's always one person. that, yeah. 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 It's like saying, You've been really good in Scream, man. you've been shit ever since you've yeah. to shit. <laughs> now see me circle, circle <laughs> dot, you piece of crap. <laughs> or whatever um, that song is.
0: Yeah, I don't think there's anybody famous that listens to the show, as far as I know. The most famous person Probably his former sequelizer, Stuart. <laughs> <laughs> he probably has the most Twitter followers of our listeners, and then uh, you, you also the most like, like feature film roles and stuff like that. <laughs> probably second. Like second is probably you, Matt, <laughs> in terms of acting. Do, you're an award winning director, and it's true. I've been. Uh, you, you're award winning. You, you've acted in award winning stuff as well. So I've, like, yeah, I've been in 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 monumentally bad movie. Chilip fever.
1: <laughs> <laughs> don't watch it. Um, uh, no, I was going to say that um, it's like when screen junkies have like an honest trail and they get a commentary from the director itself. It's like, uh, it, it always feels a bit too sterile and clean. It's like, we like, oh, would you inv-? say, for example, we had the opportunity to invite a certain director along to explain their thing. We wouldn't be as savage. We'd be polite. We be, wouldn't be as entertaining and it wouldn't be as truthful because you don't want to literally roast someone for something they did. But also you might be, well, unless it was like an interview, like, Hey, so what what happened here? Like, yeah. like an actual you know, but that's a fucking interview. That's a letterman. That's not that's not us. Yeah. That's not letterman at all. I'm a bad example, but yeah.
0: So no. Next question. Next question is also via Discord coming from Xenos? Xenos? It's one of those things where you always read people's names. Yeah, i was just in my it head it being said out loud. Definitely like, oh, a regular oh, on the show. Uh, on the show. Definitely a regular in the Discord. But I've never really said it out loud and it just occurred to me. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> exactly. So this is a really random question, but I want to ask anyway. Shit. I'm listening through a stream VOD from Stuart Ashen, the aforementioned Stuart Ashen from a couple of years ago, and he offhandedly mentions wanting to do another podcast with you and Alec called Desperately Seeking Schwarzenegger where you just go through, through the basically the, the filmography of Arnold Schwarzenegger and talk about them. Was that really something you talked about at some point? And fun fact, listeners, this is the prequel to Sequelizers, essentially. This is, this is the podcast Alec and I did way back when, and there is a lost episode. There is an unreleased but recorded episode of uh, Alec and I basically doing like a movie commentary style thing, but not quite a movie style commentary to Hercules, which is <laughs> oh, time from always done. Oh, we, yeah. we, we were going chronological order through Mr. Schwarzenegger's I I mean, entire career. Yeah. yeah. I think I've talked about this before and I know we were going to eventually team up with, we like did a pilot episode to see if we could even just functionally do it with the, with the equipment we had. And then I mm. was like, Oh, I know that YouTuber bloke. And I was like, cool, get him involved because nobody's <laughs> going to listen to us two idiots just talking about Arnold Schwarzenegger. And we never did, but then we did sequelizers, and we were like, "Oh, you met? We we do that podcast together." It's like, yeah, "Yeah, yeah, Stuart's still interested." Um, he knows this other guy; he's got like a twirly moustache and stuff, and then <laughs> and and thus, sequelizers was born. True, true. Yeah, the rest is history, I guess. So yes, yeah, there there is an episode on my old laptop that is basically non functioning. Um, there is an episode of me and Alec talking about Hercules somewhere. It belongs in a museum. <laughs> <laughs> pretty much.
2: Pretty this much. is uh, another Discord question uh, and another name starting with an X. Zelius, I think. Tell or him, Shellius, maybe. Shellius. <laughs> <laughs> they sent us a brace of questions here. Oh, rapid fire. So we'll rapid fire through these. Which sequelizer is the best
0: crow? Me. Yeah, Matt. Objectively, it's Matt it's absolutely amazing. and I mean objectively <laughs> <laughs> yeah I used to have long hair and leather
1: coat uh, I mean like a long floor length trench coat leather coat I used to have long
0: hair as well but I looked like I was a, a member of Led Zeppelin I didn't look like a goth
1: yeah <laughs> Matt,
0: Matt went full goth yeah yeah, and I'm also very pain <laughs> you're tall
1: very pain pale full of pain OP motherfucker <laughs> yeah
0: writing poetry
2: yep lots of Catholic imagery Damn right. Yeah. But it's
0: just yeah. It's so no offense, Tim, but it's so Matt it's not even close. Oh
2: yeah, I I, <laughs> I I I I would be a terrible crow.
0: <laughs> good crow, bad crow. Again, good crow, Matt, bad crow, Tim. Yeah. Also bad crow. Good crow
1: my cat. Jack's a tricky one. He's one that oh. starts debating, going, "Oh, it's like Brian Cranston crow. Mm. You're
0: like I've I've Ooh. I've got the rage
1: inside me though, haven't I? <laughs> yeah.
0: That's the thing. I think
2: you 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 you'd have to be, you'd be unconventional
1: crow. Yeah, unconventional yeah. crow.
2: Yeah. Uh what's your favorite underrated movie? Thank
0: everyone. I fucking love Treasure Planet. I like that film. And loads of people don't give a shit about that film. But yeah. I, I lost Disney a fortune I
2: know, it's still exactly. one of the
1: biggest bombs ever yeah. it's mad
2: I've never seen it it's on my that and Atlantis are on my oh. Disney Plus crew uh, queue to watch at some Atlantis point Atlantis
1: isn't as good but it's pretty good Treasure Planet, Treasure is, Planet is better mm, yeah it's I,
0: Treasure Island you can't go wrong with it it's Treasure Island but with space oh, pirates man. instead of normal pirates <laughs> sign me up I love that film and <laughs> Cat Ladies because you love Yeah. yeah <laughs> <laughs> um, I would say uh, The Faculty for me oh I, I like that movie. film a lot
2: yeah, I think that it's one the that saw, tends to get forgotten in terms of, uh, like, well, the... Rodriguez's stuff. Rodriguez's stuff, mm. and also so in terms Rodriguez. of, like, self-reflexive. It's kind of like Scream, but with sci-fi instead of horror, you know, from that kind of era. Yeah. Um, and,
0: yeah, great cast. Really fun. It's a stellar movie. I think it's fantastic. And a really good twist on the, the body snatches thing as well. Mm. Really, really good. Yeah, Matthew? And my pick is...
1: Perfume, story of a murderer. Um, adaptation of a book I really like. And it's directed by Tom Tiqua, or Tiqua, I don't know how to pronounce it. He's German. He did Run, Load, Run, and a few other things. He's worked with the Chowskis in the past. I really like it. Ben Whishaw is this uh, Jean-Baptiste Connui. Uh, this um, weird, weird creation of somebody who has no smell himself, but smells everything and, and adores every scent and is desperate to capture it and goes a bit mental with it and wants to learn about perfumery so he can capture the essence of, well, basically this one thing, but it, it's it's a beautiful representation of a serial killer's obsession. And the film itself is a very interesting adaptation, because again, how do you describe smell, visually and audially? It's just, it's very tricky. But it's really well done. I think it's really visceral and quite repulsive at times, and that's fantastic. It's got Alan Rickman and Dustin Hoffman in very nice little roles and things. Alan Rickman in this enormous, like maybe, Two hundred people strong orgy scene. That's all I need to say about that. Wow, sign me up. It's well, it's, it's not. It's it's the fact that they he he releases his perfume and this 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 thing he's been refining from the women he's been boiling down, and um, it just makes everyone just wilt into this sexual ecstasy of just falling all over each other. And there's a powerful moment, Rickman I think is really good. It's it's a very underrated film partly because this is a difficult question. I'm going to cover this very quickly. Underrated. I always don't know what to do with that because mm. it's like do you mean that people don't know about it? Do you mean that it was badly reviewed? Do you mean that it just didn't get a box office thing like the Shawshank Redemption but now it's mm. got you know Villa, uh, Vindicated years later so I'm going to go with something that I think is unknown as much and underappreciated and more people should watch it.
0: Yeah. I, think I like reasonable.
2: Yeah, I'm going to skip ahead to his fourth question
0: here. Favourite movie genre? I think you all know so <laughs> though, for me. Erotica. Yes. <laughs> Vampire-based erotica.
2: <laughs> I think probably action for me. I've got fairly eclectic taste, but I yes. think probably I, I appreciate good action more
1: than I appreciate anything else. <laughs> S- similarly, I I will watch a romance, a drama, a western, and obviously I know genres and categorization is kind of bullshit. I've covered this before, but the thing I'm gravitating towards the most and things that are filling up my collections more is science fiction. It's 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 such a broadly applicable thing. I, I it's it's always sci-fi. Yep, always will be.
2: I agree. And then finally here, a variation on the uh, fuck, marry, kill game. Remake, watch, and erase. Shrek, Star Wars three. Now I'm assuming that's that's episode three.
0: Episode Revenge of the Sith. Yep. Revenge of the yep. Sith.
2: Uh, and Bruce Almighty.
0: So. I don't particularly care about any of these films. They're all fine, which which makes it much, much more difficult. <laughs> I don't love or hate any of these three. I, I think I have an
1: answer. Okay, go cool. on. It's one of those logic answers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Less emotional. Objective, if you will. Um, okay, I would say you need to remake Bruce Almighty. Wow. I'd say you need to erase Shrek you oh. watch Star Wars. Oh, oh, oh the that's some fine now, words. There, my Matthew. reasons. My reasons are as
0: follows. Didn't ask for reasons. If you, if, <laughs> oh, well then, never mind. You need to just face the the wrath of Twitter.
2: I, I would go. <laughs> I would go with remake <clears throat> Star Wars. Watch Shrek. Erase Bruce Almighty.
0: I agree with you, Tim. That is my pick as well. I want to justify my thing. So the reason I said remake Bruce Almighty is because no one will care. Well, that's why I'm erasing it because nobody (laughs) cares.
1: Yeah. But if I erase Shrek, then I get rid of uh, when I went to Universal Studios Japan and it got rid of the 4D Godzilla to fucking replace it with 4D Shrek. (laughs) And I have a real problem with the idea of uh, erasing Star Wars Episode 3 because if you erase any of the Star Wars films, suddenly they're like it's the whole who shot first Greedo Han Sure, like, yeah. Well, we can raise any of the Star Wars films I'm like, oh no, where <laughs> have we started? It's the um, Father Ted tinkering with the car. I'll just knock this little... Uh, oh, no, hang on. I've pushed it the other way. Oh no, I'll just tap the other way. So that's my thing with that one.
2: I think Star Wars, especially the prequel trilogy, as we will cover at some point when we hit a Patreon goal, mm-hmm. has a lot of potential that wasn't executed. Of course brilliantly so i think it's 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 the most apt for a remake the original shrek is fine it's good it's no i don't think it's bad um and i and i think bruce almighty is the most objectionable of those films it's forgettable it's uh, uh, it it will have very little impact if we just erase it from existence uh,
0: we talked about this before but things that have the least cultural impact yeah like you if you wipe star wars three out of existence you're gonna have a problem you, you wipe Shrek out of existence. DreamWorks are going to have a problem. Sure. Who gives a fuck if Bruce Almighty's never made? Like Jim Carrey, maybe Morgan Freeman I'm, doesn't get to play God. I'm trying. There, there's a potential. Steve Carell's career, maybe.
2: Yeah, I was going to say the only the only potential knock-on is Steve Carell's career. Well, what um, are we losing
0: from that? Let's be honest. Ooh.
2: Well, ooh, the, you can ooh. you can play like for want of an owl in that because if Steve Carell doesn't get big, then the U.S. Office may not succeed and we may not get Parks and Recreation in the good place.
1: Yeah, fuck you. Yeah. Oh, fuck you, Jack. But
2: I, I have faith I mean, that Parks he... he was I like a, Parks and Rec, but yeah. He was bubbling up at that point. I think he would have... He can stand on
1: his own thing, yeah. he'd be fine. Yeah, yeah, okay. Next question. I put an X in there for some reason. <laughs> it comes from Mike Salvia at Mort Rager, or as we've discovered past uh, Mortrager. <laughs> uh, it's not that. Um, One of the other Gmail. Executive producers. Correct. I felt the need to clap then because that's what we do. I know. Instinctive. I'm yeah. like like a knee-jerk fucking Pavlovian response. Um, for every one of these, by the way, I had a little game plan at the start. where I was going to do a really silly voice. He be like, "Hello, sequelizers!" <laughs> and I thought, "Don't do that. Why they really that's the whole point. I would do different voices each time. Uh, one would be uh, whatever this voice is here. Anyway, so hello, sequelizers. I have a suggestion for a game. Very similar to the one we just played. Green light, rewrite, just shy uh you have to decide between three movies uh, we have a little little list in a second which must be released as is which you could improve upon and which should never be released so yeah similar, similar. the three movies should be similar in quality or genre to be challenging for example bad video game movies good cperia sequels etc etc have final throw it in the bin won't hurt my feelings mike well mike Anyway, um, <laughs> um, yeah, well, we're, we're gonna we're gonna do this right now. So let's cover those uh, bad video game movies. The three he suggested are Super Mario Brothers, Street Fighter, Double Dragon. And again, our options are to greenlight the film, release it just as it is, a rewrite <laughs> option, which is which one we could improve upon, you know, uh, sequelize essentially, sequelize if you will, and just Shite, which is just to get rid of it entirely, bin it off.
2: I think for those, you greenlight uh, Street Fighter.
0: Okay, I agree so far. Yeah, because it's not great. The best of the three, but
2: it's it's the best of the three, and (laughs) a a lot of people have affection uh, for that film. Raoul Julia. I think just shite is Double Dragon.
3: I agree because I
2: don't think there's much. I don't think there's really anything to. I can't. I can't. I couldn't tell you what Double Dragon is about. Like I don't think there's a lot of bones there. Blokes
1: in the streets. There's there's no dragons in it. I can tell that much. (laughs) Yeah,
2: no dragons. Uh, Whereas Rewrite, I think the Super Mario Brothers movie obviously famously barely plays any resemblance to the actual Super Mario Brothers
1: games it's a DCEU version yeah <laughs> <laughs> dark and gritty
2: so i think it, i i like i i think that the Mario Brothers games are quite t- tricky to adapt because they're so th- there is isn't a lot to them it's a, it's just kind of this weird setting that doesn't really makes sense and kind of constantly changes and you know oh this guy's a bad guy except sometimes we go like tennis tennis or
1: go-karting with him it's a very formulaic uh, game loop yes or gameplay loop and therefore it's very hard to translate into film because the narrative hasn't come through in the same way yeah i, I by the way i actually agree with you tim but I, yeah i think that's but i think
2: it would be interesting to see a film that tries to be a little bit more faithful to the source with Super Mario More Brothers, jumping. and to try and find something that actually works, rather than weird superpower jumping boots and tiny-headed dinosaurs.
1: I'll tell you what, uh, just just very quickly, if you did a Super Mario Brothers movie in nineteen ninety-three with the energy of the most recent Sonic the Hedgehog movie, but filmed it like Roger Rabbit, like Who Framed Roger Rabbit, with the cartoon mm. style sort of thing, a bit of a, a bit of a you know Space Jam basically, yeah, um, of the same time period if you rewrote that and got it right the first time with the first video game movie, it would set a precedent rather than being like, well, there is all going to be shit because mm. there's been shit since the start. Like, nah, that was a good one at the start. We've got to be- come back and pick a good one with the right tone. I genuinely think that might have changed the course of history. So yeah, I think that's the right answer.
2: We, we talked about this uh, a while back when we did video game movies with yes. uh, Stuart uh, as he was leaving the show. Like, yeah. They're such a hard thing to adapt because they're so fundamentally different in terms of their stories. And even as, like, the games industry has tried to become more cinematic in its storytelling, there's still big fundamental differences in how a video game, how you absorb the story of a video game, versus how you absorb the story of a film.
1: Yeah, your involvement in agency it makes a very different experience. And obviously, the longer you're with the character for fifty hours or something, it's like an RPG as opposed to two hours in a movie relate more and connect more the next three good superhero sequels X2 or X-Men 2 United as it was known in certain places (laughs) Spider-Man 2 or The Dark Knight again Greenlight rewrite just shite a lot lot tougher this yeah this is tricky it's easier to figure out the shit ones because you figure out eh you're not as committed for good stuff you're like oh that actually causes problems so yeah Mm. I
0: have a thought I am going to green light the Dark Knight. I'm going to rewrite X2 and just shite Spidey 2. Ooh. I don't really know why, and I'm not confident on my picks, but that was the the (laughs) first thought that came to my brain. No, no, that's fine. That was
1: instinctive. (laughs) (laughs) My one again comes down to logic, unfortunately. I say you rewrite X two, okay, to make it more open to a. So far, we agree. That's fine. (laughs) Leave Spider-Man two as it is. Oh, here we go. Now, here we go. Here we go. This is this is this is my logic, right? This is my twenty twenty hindsight. Slice the juice, (laughs) man. You get rid of the Dark Knight. This means two things happen. Batman Begins remains one of the best Batman movies. Sure,
0: Heath second, Ledger doesn't
1: second, die. Well, hmm, yet he might still die. Uh, well, not for that reason, not as that character. And
0: he didn't die as the Joker. <laughs> he died <laughs> he didn't brand in his makeup. Lee, that
1: shit. He did. He went off to do uh, the Imaginarium Doctor Parnassus, and every night he put on the Joker makeup. <laughs> anyway, um, no, but the the, the the you know the side effects and things uh of of the impact of the role allegedly. But the more importantly, doesn't do that. And more importantly, Nolan doesn't then drive up this whole whipped up trilogy thing of Mm. I'm going to make it dark universe and then decide effectively. Oh, well, I mean, I think like Jeff Johns and Mark Waid and tons of other people came in and said, this is how we should do a Superman film. And the one they listened to was Christopher fucking Nolan after a conversation with Goya so I feel like that would fix all of the DCEU at the same time possibly I don't yeah. want to lose The Dark Knight but that's my logic at least that's how I'm applying it
2: yeah I think <laughs> I, I think I would go with very similar to Matt because I think that the, obviously like Christopher Nolan made the film he wanted to with The Dark Knight and it's a fantastic film I don't think any of us will like deny it. that yep. um, but it's it sets the tone for Batman and the DC universe for the rest of like time. up until it's, we're still seeing the repercussions oh, the day, of that yeah. you know yeah. um and I think if you had if you had had him make you know Batman begins and then go off to do something else i mean obviously he did the prestige after begins before doing the dark knight i think correct yep time wise yes. um but if he
0: prestige 2006 yeah if he'd have, then six, yeah. Yeah, if he'd have then not and, uh, been offered the dark actually, knight you get rid of um, inception, get inception, though. Inception. Yeah, oh, yeah. Use the money, the Dark
2: Knight. But money you know, to make Inception. Who knows? Who knows it's what doing. else he does? Um, exactly. But yeah, if, if if it had been passed off to another director to take the okay, you've got Christian Bale as Batman, you've got Michael Caine as you know, we've set you up for a Joker story. Do what you want. Do what you want. You want. Yeah. Um, Batman Begins is the one that is, even though it is, does all this work to ground Batman in realism, quote unquote bunny ears, you know quotation marks it's the closest to the comics that 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 trilogy is in a lot of ways
1: nolan has to do a percentage of batman and he does the most percentage of batman in batman (laughs) beginning yes and then just refuses to come back to Batman. and
2: the 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 more in control he is of that property the less interest he has in actually telling a batman story um and so i think passing off to someone else at that point could still generate an interesting film But obviously, yeah, that's a a very tricky one. It is a a
1: very difficult one. But thank you, Mike. I appreciate that. We might come back to that with other films people wanted to challenge us with uh, another
0: point. Yeah. Another one from the Discord, from Dan R. What's your favourite place to get a pint in Norwich? And also, what playlist would be the soundtrack of your lives? Co-op. I like a pint of milk. (laughs) You fucker. (laughs) That's, uh, (laughs) listeners... That's more true than he would care to admit. <laughs> no true, words no true um, word has been spoken on
1: this podcast. I haven't really drunk of drink in like 20 years, which is fucking crazy. That's not true, not 20 You're years. Not, no, 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 no. Not quite. 36. No, no, Let's try again. Maybe 17 years. 17 years, years something years. like that,
0: yeah. yeah. It's still a very long-ass mm. time. For those of you who don't know, um, Matt is sober and yeah, I'm addicted totally. to milk. <laughs> yeah! <laughs> to, I saw Clockwork to, Orange do, and realised I want to be cool. To, <laughs> to compensate for the lack of alcohol... It poisons yep. his blood with calcium instead. White Russian, but hold the ice, hold the, glue, the glue,
1: hold the vodka. <laughs> so you want some milk? Yes, and I know you've got it because I just ordered a white Russian motherfucker.
0: <laughs> so serve me that milk. Matt has done that in bars before. I have done that yeah. in bars. <laughs> give me a white Russian without um, any of the other stuff. Well, we, we can't just give you milk. Well, you serve white yes Russians, you don't you? Therefore you have milk. I could see you got a fridge
1: there bring me that milk <laughs>
0: um i will pay full white russian price for this milk yeah i don't i don't care what you charge me eight, eight, eight pound for a glass of milk
1: that's what i want oh god um when i did used to drink i always go to the cafe Dar in norwich isn't there at all when i was gonna say i've never even heard bar. of that <laughs> <laughs> it was a vodka bar um tim hosted never mind a when you were drinking i was about once. 12 so <laughs> that's a point. um in the days of yore, when, when the millennium was new, um, <laughs> um, uh, there was a Russian bar called uh, Cafe Dar, and it was a nightclub underneath, and it had literally tons of flavored vodka, like scorpion infused vodka and cucumber shit. And it was, it was just, it was very cool. I had an order shot. They had a, they had a 78% vodka, and I started the night with that shit. And you had a sign, a little waiver saying, You're not going to kill yourself, you only have one. I don't drink anymore for a reason. Maybe, <laughs> and I would also go to the Rumsey Wells, which was pretty known as the St. Andrew's Tavern or something like that. And mm. that was cool. You could draw on the... That's, the, a, that's um, a nice
3: bar. Yeah. A nice that's pub. A, yeah.
0: Nothing wrong with that. They serve pies. I'm going to go for the regular sequelizers hangout of The Cigarnet. yeah, Which mm. is a nice little Picture. pub on the corner, right next to Norwich Market. So if you are ever in Norwich, you really can't miss it because Norwich Market is the centre of the city basically you've got the castle <laughs> behind you you've got the city hall in front of you and you've got europe's largest open air market in front of you and it's kind mm. of one of the big tourist attractions of norwich if you're looking at the market front and you've got city hall in front of you castle behind you look to the left and there's a nice little like curved building on the corner that is the Saganet pub and that has been the regular meetup Pre-COVID, obviously, of yeah, yeah. of the sequelizers. That's where I think most of us met for the first time. That's where we first met, you. Yeah, 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 and where we first kind of gathered together Did as a crew too? back in the day, and has been <laughs> <laughs> <pretty> <laughs> all meetings have been pretty though, much basically. all meetings, yeah, outside of the ones we actually had in your house, which is weird for me because back in said
1: drinking days, the Garnet was a really rough pub, and I got in a couple of fights. Really? it's quite rough. Yeah, used used went. to it's be hipstery now. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it was a proper place like, so you would not want to leave. Wow. You know someone there or like, can we the the it's like oh not really again so long
0: p- before my time it's always been hipstery yeah. as long as I've been drinking there <laughs> no I, I remember
1: someone's face getting smashed
0: into a sink
2: so <laughs> Tim where do you where do you drink um, I quite like the Stanley which is a bit Ooh. out of town it's um, next to me it well, near not me yes it's on but the way they <laughs> uh, I know some people who work there and they do a very good uh, pub quiz which I have won yeah, in nice. the past uh, which is corrupt Currently, my most uh, frequent calling to be in a pub is to go to a pub quiz.
1: Sure.
2: Do you want to do, go around? And So the, the question says playlist, but I think we've all gone for kind of soundtrack. soundtracks. Matthew, uh, let's go to you again, uh, as you started.
1: I, I actually have an answer to this, and I always do. I've seen Tim off-air beforehand. That people say, oh, what would be that soundtrack your life if you like play music to go along with it? And what people interpret that as sometimes, maybe you guys have as well, I'm not going to judge you, Is is... This is music I like, and I'd like to hear this if I was walking around. I'm like, hmm, I've scored films. <laughs> Usually you want to do things that's going to set the mood and go along with the tone of what's happening. So my choice is always Michael Nyman and Damon Albarn working together on a film called Ravenous, a really, really underrated film. When I to my wife that one of the questions was, what's the most favourite underrated film? She said, did you say Ravenous? And I said, no, nah, I've got to about later Ravenous. Um, I love this score. I think it's fantastic. It is also fucking weird. On the one end, it's got some really strange, almost drunken, lilting, uh, sort of American Civil War style flutes, drums, and very slow accordion kind of shit. And it's like, what is this weird, all over the place, happy does bullshit? Sound weird. <laughs> it's like, yeah, it's like, well, that's Matt's fucking weird when he's like happy and all over the place, and he's a bit bounced off the walls. What else has it got? Some really dark tones, some really somber beats. It's Matt's you know, you know, like, really manic pulsing. depression. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's like yeah, if you're going to do it, if you're doing an actual film of my actual life, some of it's really high and happy and fun and silly and over the top and again, I can't I don't want to do it like an impression, but if you go listen to the playlist, it bounces all over the place. Yeah, Ravenous I think is a very good example of that. I actually will say one thing. If you want a taste of of the the range, you should listen to mm. Welcome to Fort Spencer for the madcap silly stuff, the sort of very all over the place thing. And for a very uh, sombre weirdness, but a bit of darkness, go with Manifest Destiny. So there you go. Have that. Or we'll Save Our Soul, Issa. That's what I'm going to say. It's hard to describe music when you're discussing like <laughs> this, but it's quite easy. So, um, Tim, what's uh, what's yours?
2: I, I kind of went for the same logic as you of what, what would actually be used to soundtrack my life, but also that uh, something that I'd enjoy listening to. And I went with the I
1: Heart Huckabees soundtrack by uh, John mm. Brian. I Heart Huggabees. Not not a great fan of that film personally. The oh. Music. I totally understand that. Mm-hmm. But I don't like the film too much personally. But carry on. Too.
2: I, I I quite like it. I I find it it's interesting. Fine. It's it's a weird ass film. Um, it's classic David Russell, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. But yeah, it's it's pretty light in its tone. But it's also the soundtrack of like existential crisis. So I feel like that suits me. <laughs> light hearted yeah. existential crisis.
0: No fair. I've gone way lower brow. All this of like, what would actually be like? How what describes my life? Because my life is decidedly uninteresting. And <laughs> what's the soundtrack of Lift music? Yeah. What's the soundtrack of me sat at my desk working and then moving over to the other chair and playing video games, and then pooping occasionally, <laughs> very regularly. Wait, sitting at a desk, sitting at a couch, playing a thing, and
1: sitting on yeah. the toilet, and occasionally going to the nice. gym.
0: I guess that's about it. Ah. Sitting. Big. I'm gonna cheat. And basically, just because it's full of heavy metal stuff, hmm. the the uh, Joseph Gordon Levitt vehicle <laughs> Hesher <laughs> from uh, 2010, I want to say, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, it's full of just like Metallica and Mothead <laughs> songs, basically. So I, I'm, I'm I'm just cheating and I want to listen to lots of Metallica and Mothead. So yeah. <laughs> again, that that you
1: are in a metal band that makes yeah. sense, yeah,
0: entire sense. Nice. I could really cheat and do, like, Through the Never, the Metallica film, but that's just... That's <laughs> that's barely a film. Yeah, <laughs> that's barely a film.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Pink Diamond via Discord asks, Do you watch cartoons? And if so, what are your favourites?
0: In short, no, not really. I ha- I haven't in... A forever. Unless, like... Mm. I used to watch, you all know my love of The Simpsons. I used to watch a lot of The Simpsons. I watched a lot as a teenager and as a kid, but for whatever reason, I, I've i tried to watch Rick and Morty. I've tried to watch Regular Show. I've tried to watch Adventure Time, and they're all fine. I tried Bojack Horseman. Didn't like it. Yeah.
1: Mm. Nope.
0: Mm. Not really. Very interesting. I'm not including anime or Disney, by the way, obviously. That's a whole separate caveat.
1: Yeah, I was going to give a caveat. I, I'm not going to include Disney... I'm uh, sorry, not include anime because obviously I watch fucking anime. Hello, welcome to Matthew Stogdon. You big weeb. Damn right. But I will say there are three American shows, uh, cartoon shows I really, really like, to this day still love. First is Invader Zim. If you want to know about Mimi as a person, Zim uh, and Edmund Dantes, if you could combine those two. <laughs> oh, and Sinestro. If you combine those three fictional characters, that's me. Um... Yeah, so Invader Zim, Avatar, The Last Airbender. I
0: know it's very anime
1: looking, but it's not anime. It's not
0: anime, it's Nickelodeon, so it's definitely not anime. It is I watched the first episode it, of that yeah. recently, having been told to watch it by literally everyone I've sure. ever met. I was like, ah, oh, that's fine. And people will say it's like, it's the best thing that's ever been put on TV. This is what I was saying about objectivity when you are a child. Yeah. <laughs> I, I
1: watched it as a, as a teenager, but I still think it's really, really solid. It's really well done and very well made. Anyway, and finally, South Park. Um, I watched South Park when it was first released in 1996 or 7, when I was like 14 years old, and I fucking loved it because it was irreverent and silly. Then it became like series 7 or 8, it became more about this. We can do a quick turnaround, then we can make it all satire, and I've loved it ever
0: since. So South Park. Another show I don't think I've ever seen an entire episode of. I've seen the Interesting. movie, I think, and maybe a couple That's of episodes, really but I've never given a fuck about South Park either. They literally did a whole episode about how The Simpsons did it.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Which
2: I believe Family
1: Guy has also done an episode about how The Simpsons did (laughs) it. Yes, they actually had a big feud with Family Guy. Yeah. So,
2: Tim? Yes, I I still watch bits and pieces. Steven Universe, I have not finished, but I'm most of the way through. Uh, Adventure Time and Regular Show, I've watched bits and pieces of. Rick and Morty, I've watched all the stuff that's on UK Netflix, Netflix. same. Uh, and I'm sort of re-going through X Men Evolution. Ooh, nice. Um, oh, nice! Yeah, yeah, from from my
1: youth, yeah. re-watching you didn't it. Did want Maximoff in that?
2: Yes, I, I I really like it. I I like it more mm. than uh, as much as the X Men animated series was the thing that got me into comics. I mm. I think it's Evolution not, is a more interesting adaptation.
0: Evolution um, is a much better story. <laughs> with yes. Better voice acting and better animation. <laughs> and yeah basically better yeah. everything I'll tell you a cartoon I haven't seen but I think
1: we all might like and they're basing us mm. on nothing obviously and that's um, is it called The Lower Decks the Star oh, Trek yeah. one oh yeah oh yes I've heard interesting things oh shit i completely missed one that's very important um, I've been recently watching Harlequin and that's fucking amazing oh yeah yeah ah. Yeah, listen I, I, to you fucking apathetic motherfuckers.
2: Yeah. I uh, I, ba- I bounced off of BoJack Horseman. Um, <laughs> so did I. Yep. when I when I tried to watch that. I was very. And right, I, so I've
0: I've spoken about BoJack Horseman with uh, some of the guys from the Super Eight Bit Power Hour podcast, and they fucking they love, love it. it. Hugh and Ben and Tom, mm-hmm. the three main guys from that show, absolutely <laughs> adore that show. And I can't get into it. Good lord, I couldn't give less of a fuck about that. I watched the first two uh, or three episodes, and I was like, "I this is just doing nothing for me." I'm just.
2: I think I got about halfway through the first season, and I I just couldn't seen- couldn't stick with it. Yeah, couple of seasons. It's
0: interesting. I had um, a feeling one of you was going to be like, "What you're don't done?" How dare you! And you're both like, meh. Yeah, I'm not too keen." I'm like, "Oh good." Yeah, well, then <laughs> don't <laughs> so- worry, because the Discord will not be flooded with <laughs> well, things. Yeah, like, what? Definitely. Yeah.
2: South Sa- South Park, I liked as a teenager,
1: and now I actively dislike. Fair enough. I feel like um, if I watched it, I would actively dislike it as well. But, yeah. it, it has the logic, and I, I do respect the logic, which is comedy. It's either
0: all yeah, uh, mm, acceptable
1: or none. Yeah. It is. And I don't actually agree yeah, with maybe, that entirely, no, but I'm... Yeah. Anyway, I'm not going to
2: defend it because I don't make yep. it. Yeah. Let's move on to the next one, which is sort okay. of semi-related,
1: yeah, some yes, pe- yeah. people would argue. I would say it's it's fairly close. Mm-hmm. Uh, Arkham Fright, a.k.a. Stuart Maine. Hold your applause. Again, hold your applause. Via uh, the Discord would like to know, what are the Sequelizers' favourite kids'
0: movies? And the kids is in inverted commas. That's that's fair enough. That's, uh, that's, that's cool. I appreciate that. So again, I'm going for the non-anime, non-Disney, because I feel like that's too easy for me to just list Same. off a bunch of Disney stuff. And I, I feel we kind of covered it in my The Lion King episode and all this other kind of stuff. But talked about that. I've also talked about th- this next one, because how much i enjoy it how to train your dragon is a kids film that i've only seen as an adult but i still enjoy if that makes sense there's no nostalgia attached to it i've only Mm -hmm. seen it you know it's fairly recent and i'm way too old for that shit but it's still really good and i still really love it (laughs) Mm -hmm. and my they they are they're really great films so you know (laughs) um i also remember really loving homeward bound as a kid homeward bound colon the incredible journey based on the incredible journey as in i mean the 90s (laughs) one not the 60s one because I remember <laughs> crying horrendously when I was five, <laughs> probably, something like that. We discussed *Home Bound recently, did we? In a- did we? Maybe we did. Maybe in the feel-good film, I think, possibly. Yeah. And the series people keep bringing up for us to fix as a joke, because there's 14 of the motherfuckers, I think. 14, yeah. yeah. Uh, I really, really loved the first Lamb Before Time film. That was like a on-repeat-in-my-house-when-I-was-a-kid kind of kind of film, so... They're, they're my th- Same, three Same, but pets. I now hate it. Well, why do you hate <laughs> it now? What's wrong with it? Wrinkly fucking
1: dinosaurs.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Shriveled fucking penises, all of them.
1: Little <laughs> <laughs> fucking penis necked motherfucker. I haven't seen
0: it in 25
1: years. Probably, it's also like, like really years. short. It's barely a movie. It's like 70 minutes long, maybe. Really? Sure.
0: Yeah, it's really short. I mean, that's perfect kids watching, right?
1: I, know, I watched it over and over again. And I think Jenny Nicholson pointed out that every film in that series has a rock being pushed on a dinosaur's head to solve the problem (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah i mean i
2: i will name a couple of disney ones just ones that stand out to me uh lilo and stitch um i'm a huge fan of really love that film Uh, tangled which i think gets Mm. ignored in i think it's better than frozen yep i agree agreed echo chamber right
3: here
2: Yep. uh i'm also another big fan of uh, How to Train Your Dragon, and as we've mentioned on this podcast before, Kung Fu Panda, yeah, yeah. Uh, really Still good. School of Rock, I think, is a great live-action kids' oh, film. Mm, yes,
0: mm. that, maybe that um, It's come to think of. The soundtrack to that, is a fucking <laughs> good, that that's got all kinds of stuff. One of the most expensive
1: love. movies because of that reason. Because of fucking
0: Led Zeppelin. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and various other um, ones, but
1: particularly Led Zeppelin.
2: And now it feels like Led Zeppelin's used everywhere. Yeah. Because it was, used to be that they never let anyone use.
0: Jack, I assume you've seen the clip of him pleading on stage. Which, yes. In the final, see the final concert scene. Lords of Rock, Led Zeppelin, bless us <laughs> with your mighty love. And all that kind of stuff. Um, yeah, I wonder if they opened the floodgates. And then we're like, wait, wait wait, yeah. wait, 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 wait. We could have been making money from this the whole time <laughs> for the last like 30. 30- who fucking told us we shouldn't be licensing our music? What <laughs> fucking idiots said this is like, oh, now it's in a, it's in a Destiny advert, like brilliant. Okay. Yes. Ugh. Um, yeah. And
2: School kind of, of th- look at-
0: amazing. Yeah. Cool. Love
2: it. School of Rock. Those, those are all I met. Are all ones I saw as <laughs> at least a teenager or older. Um, in terms of like stuff that I watched when I was a kid. Uh, I am. I am that motherfucker that owned Hook, to, Hook on VHS and watched it a lot, nice. so uh, and <laughs> The Jungle Book, which I think was the only other kind of Disney film that we owned mm-hmm. that I watched yep. a lot. But those are those are the ones that loom large uh, in terms of like kids. I, I I feel like I my my memories are very like we didn't own a lot of VHS, and so I only have vague memories of those. And then the next stuff I remember owning is when I was like. 12 or 13 and i was starting getting stuff like stargate and stuff which aren't really kids film they're just action films or sci-fi that's suitable for kids
1: so initially i i only had one pick because i'm now being used to being cornered saying matt you can only have one fucking thing so now that i realize (laughs) everyone has three guess what i've got three i've got Uh, got two (laughs) shut up (laughs) three so, um, excluding, again, Disney and live uh, uh, anime for a second, because, again, I could be rambling for quite some time. And excluding things I mentioned before, like uh, uh, Song of the Sea and things, um, I really like the uh, stop-motion Armin film Pirates, Venture with Scientists, or whatever the fuck it's called in America, uh, the, a band of rascals or some old shit.
0: I've uh, never even heard uh, of this. What the hell is this? Really? Oh, it's it's, it's
1: brilliant. Great. It's, a, it's a, a, a children's book series, or a young adult book series, I don't know which one. And it's a stop motion film about pirates, and it's very silly and irreverent. And there's a group of pirates, the captain of which is played by Hugh Grant, brilliantly. And yeah, seriously, he's so good. And they fight Queen Victoria in a big old steampunk suit. It's just I mean, it's it sounds really amazing. good. It's, fun. And I was so angry <laughs> it didn't get picked up by the public, and it didn't get pushed any further. It's...
2: Is it hard it's doing, doing the animation? Yeah. But because yeah. it's stop
1: motion, they're like, "Oh, it's a lot of time money." It's not Wallace and Gromit. Didn't get the attention, so they didn't do any of the sequel stuff, and he didn't carry on with it. And they end up saying, "Like, oh, should we go down the road where we do lots of like fucking CGI animated versions of them not great. Oh. But
0: I think it's fantastic. Other Arden stuff is a good shout for other kids' films. I love like I loved Chicken Run when I was younger. Oh yeah, you've Absolutely watched a sequel loved that kind of stuff. No, no. Oh, Well, I'm looking forward to no. <laughs> uh, sequelizing it. Damn right. Um,
1: the other two I'm going to mention very quickly is uh, The Iron Giant. It's one oh, of the best films I've ever oh, made. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. I'm not going to say anything else other than that film. It's absolutely, and in the sense it's a kids oh, yeah. movie, in the fact, that it's channeled to kids, but my God, it's for everybody. And also
0: Paddington. Oh, I was going to say, how excited were you when Iron Giant showed up in Ready Player One? It was just like... Oh, <laughs> yeah. That, well, love. that well-known fighting machine, the Iron Giant. Yes. Look, there are moments in, some ass at in Ready
1: Player One that I should be like, Take the form of Gundam, and I'm like, "Hmm, I should be really excited right now. I should be around right now, watching a Mechagodzilla fighting a Gundam." But I just don't fucking care. God, it's cold <laughs> and soulless. It's so dead. And they're like, "Oh, well, in the book, it's Ultraman. Ultraman." It's like, "Oh, fuck off." This I, is I, the nerdy cooler version of that. I, I, I. I mean, i slown it on fucking Blu-ray, but, <laughs> but, um, <laughs> no, I bloody makes me very angry. So, yes,
0: those are, my th- those are my three picks. I think they're all solid. Next question comes from Discord from Ramspaz. I'm not sure if I should be saying that out loud. I'm it's not... Rams Paz. Rams Paz. <laughs> mm-hmm. yes, it's okay. probably not. It's probably Rams Paz. Sure. What is your favorite slash most listened to? Most listened to is probably what we're going to go with here. Movie song slash soundtrack. I find myself listening to the Digimon movie soundtrack once a month. And I took the piss out of this fairly quickly and the entire Discord descended on me with shut up, the digiworld movie soundtrack's amazing. That's amazing. It's full of like late 90s, early 2000s pop, punk, punk, alt-rock stuff. Apparently. So, <laughs> so unsurprisingly, I'm going to go very middle of the road and obvious, but two of the most listened to things are made by John Williams. Ta-da, surprise, surprise. The Superman theme, mm-hmm. I mentioned it before. The classic was my alarm for years and it's just this incredible inspiring piece of music to get you up in the morning right yeah exactly (laughs) exactly (laughs) whack off time yeah um and the other one despite the fact that it's from a terrible fucking movie is one of my favorite pieces of music is also by john williams and it's jewel of the fates which that is, is one of the best things about come out of the sequel it's, uh, it's, it's sequels prequels <laughs> fucking hell sequelizes us <laughs> <laughs> he didn't score us that that song is the yeah, best you thing got the prequels <laughs> god sorry Just,
2: yeah you can't you can't deny the power of Jewel yeah, of the Fates yeah, yes, it's yes, it's yes. extremely good that's
1: fair
2: I think for me probably in terms of individual tracks um from scores de from the Tron Legacy soundtrack
0: and, and credits is my, my is what I was thinking as well <laughs> Tron
2: Legacy uh, is probably the one I've most listened to. I've probably put a lot of time in, uh, in terms of soundtracks, with the Scott Pilgrim soundtrack, yes. and the Twenty Four Hour Party People soundtrack. Good choices, good choices. Um, I agree. And I, th- there was a long while where uh, the Social Network score by Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross was my like focus music for
1: writing. Um, so, yeah. In terms of like most listened to movie song, I interpret that as a song specifically rather than a track. So, mm. um, I went with The Perfect Drug by Nine Inch Nails. Nine Inch Nails is my favourite band. This isn't actually from an album. It's recorded for The Lost Highway. Oh, sorry, just Lost Highway. The Lynch film. Uh, and I love that song. I think it's fantastic. Um, it's one of those things that got me into nails as a kid along with the accidentally hearing part of um, Pretty Hate Machine in London. Mm. Um, or walking around um, anyway and my most listened to soundtrack or score is Thomas Newman's Road to Perdition I think Road to Perdition is a massively underrated film fucking love Road to Perdition more than I
0: should I don't know why I know I say this every time but based on a graphic novel based on a graphic novel <laughs> it's, that. it's a comic Everyone book does. movie yeah it's one of the best comic book adaptations ever I agreed and
1: uh, yeah it's it's I think the tones in it are really interesting and the themes are really really cool so that is my answer before we segue to kind of the same question, <laughs> we've interpreted it a little bit differently, from Ben Emerson at Bonzoe, or B-O-N-Z-O-E, sorry, 92. Uh, what are your favourite film soundtracks and or original score? So this time it's, we've interpreted previously as most listened to, this time interpreted as favourite. Because <laughs> um, <laughs> it's the same question, effectively. So, Jack, do you want to
0: kick us off again? Sure. I'll give something, once again, it's a genre film. It's a trilogy. It's obvious stuff you can probably project that Jack is going to say. It's Howard Shaw's score for the Lord of the Rings trilogy. It's a really good score. It's amazing. A very, Brilliant. very and, and, good, and, and, good and, short score.
1: Chilly. Hold on, what?
0: Well, I like it a
1: lot. I have a lot of affinity because I like those films. I Me remember too. we had uh, two individuals, Brown they came into Oscars at the time to be interviewed about uh, a book they were selling as a sort of companion piece to the movies um and they wrote this book with you know with and they worked on the film and did all this cool stuff um and they said they got a lot of flack for certain things at which point a guy at the back put his hand up and said yeah hi um i've got a question why did peter jackson go with the the terribly derivative, really repetitive, uh, hokey score by Howard Shaw when the original BBC play score was so much more. <laughs> it's like, oh, fucking, that's not a question. That's a dickbag interruption. Um, and he said, well, everyone has different opinions, blah, blah, blah. And she, she agreed with him. I'm pretty sure I can't remember who it was, unfortunately. But anyway. So I know there are individuals out there who actually don't
0: like the Howard Shaw score at all, but that's because they're usually wankers. Yeah. I think it's yeah, a really good. <laughs> body Anything that it. gave us, they're taking the hobbits to Isengard. <laughs> it's okay, man, but that's all I'm that was the soundtrack of my, I say, year ten. Year losing time. your vision. <laughs> year, like, I mean, around about then, yeah. <laughs> Give or take, if you, if you know what I mean. I love the idea that a lot of like internationalists is like year ten. What does that mean? Was he ten years old? <laughs> <laughs> it would have been fourteen or fifteen to put that into perspective. There you go. I remember at high school, we just played that in the background of like RIT lessons and stuff. I'm doing a little jig. Listeners, if you couldn't already tell, we could see it.
2: Yeah, for me, as previously mentioned, the social network score I think is really, really good. Yeah. I also another one that I listen to a lot when I'm writing, which is tends to be if I'm if I'm listening to film music, it tends to be because I want something that I can put on that will help me focus, that doesn't have lyrics in, that doesn't uh, that even I don't necessarily notice the transition from like track mm, to track, yeah, so yeah. I can just kind of get into the zone. The Winter Soldier soundtrack by Henry
1: Jackman, I really really like. I love Henry Jackman. If, 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 I find that really good for focus. I've been asked in the past a sort of Q and A style thing, who would you like to score your films? And obviously, I have a great rapport with my with my my, um, uh, my own guy who scores my films, uh, David Still. Very, very good, very good guy, very talented, uh, very good rapport with him. But if you, like, which any, would you like to work with you in some future project? Henry fucking Jackman. That man's very interesting. I mean, I mentioned about how I don't like Kong Skull Island. I damn well love that score though. That's <laughs> great. He's really and he's really interesting with his stuff because you say like he's got the traditional trumpet stuff going on in, in Captain America the Winter Soldier very sort of forlorn military kind of thing we were sort of associated with it but also this very industrial style um, themes of yeah. subway trains and stuff it's fucking brilliant for me I'm going to split that down the middle to soundtrack and original score soundtrack I always interpret as a collection of songs that have either been composed for the film or alternatively just they bought that one and it will work it was going to be The Crow because that's a damn good soundtrack um but the truth is, what I listened to a lot as a kid because I found it really interesting as a concept, is the soundtrack for the live action adaptation of Spawn, <laughs> <laughs> because it was a mixture of electronica, EDM sort of style of music, and new metal and sort of hard rock kind of stuff. So it was pairings of very interesting, different individuals on on relatively new songs, and I liked a lot of that stuff. There's some really interesting stuff on there, and it, it one I listened to quite a lot as a, as a kid. And in terms of original score, uh, it has to be Akira by Tsutomu, um, Tsutomu uh, Ohashi because, again, there's so much in there of the old and the new and it's so evocative and so instantly distinguishable and terrifying and brilliant. And I think it's just, in terms of what it does, I'm I, much like with Henry Jackman and the fact like Nine Inch Nails, I like a lot of the industrial stuff that goes a bit out there and not necessarily conventional um, this might surprise a lot of people that haven't said um, anything about uh, Jerry Goldsmith at any point here, because I adore <laughs> Jerry Goldsmith, my favorite composer. But if we're talking about favorite and most listened to, there are lots of other ones, like I love, you know, The Omen and things like that. But yeah, they're they are my answers to these questions. Hope that's okay with everybody.
2: It's acceptable, Matthew. That's all Yay! Accepted. So from Joystick Graphics on Discord or via Discord, uh, if you could have a dinner party with five actors slash directors, who would you invite and what courses would you
1: serve? Five people. Yes. Five. Five. Keeps that rule of six
0: bullshit we've got going in a minute. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, this is the question I struggle with the most, by far. Not only to name so, five, you- people <laughs> <laughs> five people because... But like... I don't have, particularly want to have dinner with anybody. Like, <laughs> I'd be the least interesting person in that room, and then all just fucking talk to each other about really cool, interesting things. And I guess i would just be sat there silently, being like, "This
1: is." I yeah. always say this because people always say this. It's like, it's like, you know, it's like, "Oh, I'd like lo- who's like being a you know, have over for dinner party." Oh, I'd like to have Jesus and Martin Luther King and Terry Wogan. I think it'd be really nice. You know, Liven it a bit up. <laughs> you're like, you're like, what are you fucking talking about? If you have a room of five people like that and you, the only interesting thing you'll bring into it is whatever you're serving on the table because you aren't going to be... It's like, oh, what do you do? Oh, well, I just do this. And even if it's something interesting, it's not to compared to like people who've actually been... And that's if they get along. Enough. So I actually agree. I think it's a really tricky question because what in the fuck? It's again, it's like, oh, I put my heroes and idols in there. Why? So they can look down on you. <laughs> oh,
2: <laughs> shit. Obviously, you guys <laughs> just aren't very good at hosting dinner parties.
0: This this is, you know what? this is true no i'm not i'm pretty i'm and pretty good at hosting new year's parties but i've never hosted a dinner party my i've never done i feel kid. that's mostly your your fiance doing that and you're just there i do all the cooking thank you Mrs. Dogden. <laughs> yeah
1: you're yeah you're you're yeah that's that's really just you being pushed away into I'm the, the kitchen i'm, I'm the, the
0: handyman <laughs> I'm, the, I'm the i'm the i'm the what's the, the toilet <laughs>
1: help the handyman <laughs> yeah. so again you're the you're the butler Although Tim Curry as a butler in Clue is amazing. So there you go. go. The best yeah, way. I'm, I'm Wadsworth. Damn it. Exactly. Okay, well, fair enough then. My original thing as a bit of a joke was going to be I'm going to put uh, a cinema, I'm going to put like Roger Deakins and four actors, and I'm going to say, right, what, what are you going to serve them? Poison. And then I'm saying, if you want the fucking antidote, you have to be in my movie. <laughs> I thought, that's <laughs> not how you form a good relationship.
0: <laughs> but also, maybe that? Sure. <laughs> well, why don't you give us your answer first then, Matt? Oh, okay. So you're not poisoning people. No, my,
1: mine's actually a genuine... Uh, mine's basically five independent film directors of that I really, really like. And all of them I've said, oh, fuck, I wish I'd made this movie. Mm, interesting. And that's the highest credit I can give someone. It's like I, I, a genuine sense of envy and jealousy. Like, I can see how I could, not not, not in an insulting way, but in, like, in a way of like, oh, I, I, I think I could have made this movie. I think I could have actually, you know, corralled the same things. And I, we're on the same wavelength... Not like saying, oh, I could have made Titanic. Fuck off. You've never been on a big set like that, you <laughs> penis. But independent films, I think, that comes up very interesting storytellers and things like that. So my five, and they're not actors, they're all directors, um, although they would probably act, is Robert Eggers, James Gray, Tarsem Singh, Lulu Wang, Steve McQueen, and me. <laughs> Ugh. Nothing worse than being the shit in the room. Um, just for a bit of running, uh, Robert Eggers did The Witch in the Lighthouse and stuff. Uh, James Gray, Lost City of Zed, recently did Astra, uh, Tussum Singh, The Fall, uh, The Cell, Immortals, other bits and pieces. Lulu Wang did The Farewell recently, which is fucking amazing. Um, and Steve McQueen, obviously, Toffee as a slave, Hunger, and all kinds of stuff. And I think it'd be really interesting. But agreed, the problem with this stuff is like the business meeting mindset of like the food, you know, like, I've got a moustache. Eating is very uncomfortable and awkward. <laughs> so I feel like you overexaggerate the like inconvenience that your moustache gives you. Have you? you've seen me eat there's a reason it takes forever yeah but i have, uh, no, I have. No, no, no no see Ashin's and i have had this conversation because his girlfriend said hey, Stuart has a mustache and it doesn't really take him as much time he doesn't have as many problems as you do matt and Stuart just said yeah but mine doesn't go in my mouth there's not like little tendrils like a like a cthulhu and i said yeah that's true um so that's the it's the length that's the issue as is always my problem <laughs> i'm kidding it gets trapped indoors. So, um, <laughs> basically, uh, the the thing I would serve—I don't know why I wrote this, but it feels appropriate. I know, like I know why. There. There's
0: one word: why, Matthew. <laughs> Go <laughs> ahead. Milk! milk. That's right. I'm inviting five Jason Derulo's. <laughs> I'm inviting the principal cast of Cats. <laughs> yeah tom hooper speaking of objectively bad going back to the original <laughs> question mm. tom hooper is an objectively bad film director <laughs> <laughs> he basically doesn't know where to nah. point a
1: camera john adams still looks good right um You're your fucking cereal. Job, i would serve i would serve cereal of course you would it's low maintenance it's easy and it's quick and it's fast when we're done with the cereal we can just have it like a normal conversation all talk at great length and then all talk about their amazing accomplishments and achievements, and I'll say... <laughs> <laughs> and
0: I hate my job, but I, everything's fine. I look up to all of you.
1: Yep. And also, did you know that the cereal was all poisoned?
0: <laughs> <laughs> be in my movie.
1: <laughs> Make How do I be you? Yeah, exactly. Tell me every step you took while coming up. So, the, again, it's just be to be in the... I mean, again, I've hosted a Q&A with ian softly and A Q&A with like ben wheatley and stuff and they've been very interesting directors I had conversations with which have been quite nice <laughs> wheatley and i discussed an old children's tv series in the 70s about a time loop it was very interesting and we talked about the idea of martin scorsese and a character sour and stuff and that was all very cool and that kind of when you when you've done a few conversations with in a commerce, quite famous people that facade drops quite quickly you don't get the whole like oh oh, 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 oh oh hi but yeah i think it'd be quite nice just to talk to those people and um Hopefully they they
0: get on with each other. I guess that was part of my decision making. Like who would get on with each other? I picked like three of my favorite directors, basically, and then tried to fill out the rest. <laughs> you <laughs> so, motherfucker. <laughs> they're obvious ones if you know me and my tastes. Unsurprisingly, Alex Garland, the Annihilation guy, yeah. the Dread guy. <laughs> you, know, you know who? You know yeah. who I'm talking about the the Beach guy. I guess. He wrote, he, wrote he wrote it, it yeah. yeah. Um, Denis Villeneuve, mm-hmm. the Blade Runner 2049. The, the Denis Villeneuve guy. The Denis Villeneuve <laughs> guy. The upcoming director of Dunk. Dune director. <laughs> John Carpenter, legend. Yeah. The Thing, Big Trouble in Little China, etc., cetera, et, cetera, et cetera. Tommy Wiseau. Tommy Wiseau, my other favorite writer, <laughs> director. <laughs> and a guy who's always been a man crush of mine who I just like to Hang out with and feel emasculated by. It's uh, Joe Manginello. like he's he's really cool and big and buff and really. You could, you could talk D and D, talk D and D, and then feel emasculated, <laughs> which is just what I need in my
1: life. I, I had initially planned like uh, like um, Adam Driver and Chris Evans and stuff. I, thought, I don't want to feel like the shittiest guy in the room.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> but you won't get trampled. That's yeah, fine. I
0: mean, like, yeah, having chris evans I and just be like he seems like such a nice guy and completing my uh quintet my favorite director writer actor slash sequelizer no my my third favorite sequelizer but my favorite writer and director (laughs) mr matthew stockton I'm not going to lie, I'd like to, I, I feel like mostly it's
1: me in the room so I can talk the ears off of Garland, Villeneuve and Carpenter while you try and fuck Joe.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm not, not going to fuck him, that, that's not the way that goes in prison rules. My He's going to fuck
1: you. But, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Have
0: you seen the size Fine of that then. guy? What are, you, what, what are we eating? We are going for my classic. I didn't go multiple courses, I'm not a multiple courses kind of guy, that's not really my vibe. A variety of pizzas you can't sure. go wrong with pizza. Pizza is the best. Can I have milk with that? Absolutely not. <laughs> I'm not I, mean, you're uninvited. I will respectfully decline. I'm swapping Chris Chris Evans back in. I'll give him a call. Fine. Chris, you're back in. Pizza's on me, mate.
3: <laughs>
0: Why isn't Matt going? He's just in waiting having milk. He's what just
2: waiting that? outside your house like a tag team member, just waiting exactly. for the.
0: <laughs> I have heard people dipping pizza in milk. I don't dip it. I mean, I was like at, at honest, jack's birthday Matthew. i ate an entire pizza with two pints of milk sat beside me and just cleaned it off the, he's the slimmest synchronizer folks i don't know how that works but uh, that's just facts it's the fucking milk Built on this metabolism of milk <laughs> go straight in your what, skin what's the opposite of intolerance because you've got that for lactose <laughs> you're just, addiction you're <laughs> just fueled by lactose Yes, it's like when uh,
1: your your uh, your old phone or laptop starts saying eleven percent, two percent, one percent. I fuck, fuck, fuck. Get some milk in me. (laughs) I went for
2: again just kind of a a a mix of people who I think would make for an interesting evening. Mm. Nice. Um, So, Ryan Johnson, yeah, a director and writer I greatly admire. Did Brick and Looper and a little film called The Last Jedi. (laughs)
0: Knives Knives out. out.
2: Catherine Bigelow, I think, would be a a really interesting person to talk to. Which about
1: uh, James Cameron?
2: Well, I mean that that is that is one of the things. Obviously, she's an amazing filmmaker in her own right. Did Near Dark and Zero Dark Thirty and The Hurt Locker. Yeah, yeah. And Point Break, but also, yeah, get some real good James Cameron gossip after a few glasses of wine. Hopefully,
1: I think I think, and this is uh, this is going to cause a lot of waves. I think she might be a better
0: director than james cameron whoa I, he's a good event I,
1: director he's yeah. good spectacle but
0: she's a better overall i, director I think i, 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 think know I was speaking to executive producer jonathan verth clark about this the other day mm. it sounded like mm. cameron is so weird because he's directed like <laughs> a handful of films in his entire career yeah and then mm. suddenly goes right time for seven avatar films like <laughs> yeah you know that's more films than you've ever made in your entire life <laughs> right like well, yeah, but also, the ones I make are really successful. Like, mm, some of them are, James. Yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> I also think True Lies is quite shit. Moving on, moving on, moving on, moving on. Who's the other picks? Greta Gerwig. Nice. Yeah, nice. She'd he's be awesome. really
2: fun. Keanu Reeves, just because he's yes. the nicest guy.
0: I love movies. <laughs> Cinema. <laughs> no, you're a bastard. <laughs> I love movies. I hate
1: dogs <laughs> that's a surprise Kevin.
2: yeah no he's just he's he's the he's the celebrity who no one seems to have a bad story about and so
1: mm, yes,
0: every, yes every 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 interaction just the seems Dave to be Brawl wonderful of the film world yes yeah. they've got a similar look with the long hair and the beard yeah I was about to say something but I think it's a spoiler
1: so I won't say anything
2: and then i invited natalie dormer because fuck you guys i'm single and i'm gonna shoot
3: my
1: shot <laughs> sorry you're gonna shoot your shot is that what's being served for dinner tim <laughs> fucking hell is this is a fight club moment it's what is it
0: cream of mushroom soup emphasis on the cream you know what i mean it's
1: like thank you on the side
0: of extra large saveloy <laughs> it's,
1: it's Gillian anderson but she's dressed as margaret thatcher so i'm very confused <laughs>
2: <laughs> uh and no i came up with a with a full menu uh, oh no
0: no I, I believe of course you, you did Tim. of course you did you're the best
2: for starters it'd be a, a hot smoked salmon salad <laughs> for main risotto bacon risotto mm-hmm.
0: bacon i'm assuming risotto. Every...
1: yeah interesting i wonder if there are vegetarians in there
2: i, I i'm assuming no one is
1: <laughs> <laughs> well they won't be by the time they're done
2: i i could i could make allowances but you know
1: if I could make allowances Natalie Dorman says I'm sorry I don't eat meat <laughs> mm.
0: ah, a, I'm sorry Natalie that's a bit of a sorry filmmaker.
2: yeah you're out Matt Stockton's
3: in <laughs> yay I'm everywhere
0: I'm everyone's food this is fantastic <laughs> funny story I've just come from another party um, <laughs> <laughs> Chris Evans showed up and kicked me out so I guess I'm stuck with you guys. <laughs> yeah Yeah.
1: yeah. Uh,
2: and then cheesecake
1: for dinner nice uh,
0: for Play
2: dessert I
1: should take. New York style cheesecake uh,
2: yeah vanilla
1: fair enough cool so that's yeah that's my dinner party they all sound good the question i think that isn't there is where are we hosting this shit because it's not going to be my house
0: yeah <laughs> yeah just in my flat right what can possibly go wrong an orgy i have that's four can chairs go wrong. and that's f- f- six people <laughs> i bet i'll be fucking standing you're standing <laughs> you're sat on my sofa drinking milk like you usually do when you come to my flat accurate <laughs> just sh- sh- hurling abuse from the side exactly Phil Nerve, how many Dunes films are you doing
1: Vineve, can't do French. Denis, hey, <laughs> carpenter, wake up! Why? Tell nerve to to say hello. <laughs> God,
0: I'm awful. Anyway, I, I'm not like that parties at all. <laughs> no, you're not, Andrew. You you are fine. Reserved. Yes, you are. Another one from the Discord from my friend Chandler, aka Melancholy, but his surname is oh. Melon, spelled slightly differently. So it's a little a little. I I
2: thought that was a uh, potentially
1: a Smashing Pumpkins reference oh I thought it was a Lord of the Rings reference
0: or Malone (laughs) Choli when when I used to podcast with Chandler I did I gave him the nickname of Chandler speak friend and enter nice (laughs) because it is spelt the same as the elvish word for friend what is the best cold opening to any movie that immediately comes to mind for you guys and there is one and I don't remember if it's any good and i rewatched it in preparation for this and it's fine <laughs> if you say cold open i think the big avalanche snowmobile chase in a view to a kill for some reason and that always mm. comes to mind and i don't know why I, maybe that's the first one i experienced and subconsciously <laughs> my brain's like that has to be a view to a kill right like yeah i, can't, I, mean, I cannot it, remember the, that the, the key wording me. was immediately comes to your mind yeah, exactly.
2: The the first one that I thought of that 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 jumped out as like oh that's, you know, if you if you said like what's a great cold open? Uh Thor Ragnarok. Mm. Uh with him uh facing off with surta which I love because it's it's a perfect little opening like here's where you are, like here's what Thor's been up to, cold open that also ends up coming back right at the end of the movie and being really important and yet doesn't seem it for the majority of it. Spoilers for Thor Ragnarok, I guess.
1: <laughs> yeah. It's a three-year-old film at this point, isn't it? Mine always comes to mind immediately, even though I know it's really very much a rehash of other things that have done it better in the past. But it does. It, I don't know why, but it does come to mind. Uh, it's the start from Dust to Dawn. Mm, that's it starts with a at the very long, open track of road in, uh, in, in the south. And then this cop car pulls in, um, and there's just a very calm, natural conversation. It's just very almost mundane and, and and kind of boring. And that's the whole point, letting your guard down a very Tarantino thing to do in a Rodriguez kind of film. And then all of a sudden, you find out the situation's not what you think it is, and it's like, why the fuck are these people still here? Is as these two criminals come out with two hostages and the guns there head and stuff like that. It's, it's you Suddenly you're like what you first perceive one seem to be like this really calm, almost Coen Brothers style, very simple desert uh, pacing, shall we say. And then it goes, oh, no, there's actually really a thing going on here. Oh, it's mm. really intense. Okay, fine. And then it's like, get them out of here right now. All things are going to kick off. You be cool. That kind of shit. It's just, it's just nicely shot. Very. And then the whole scene dynamic comes back with the cop comes back and suddenly you think, actually, it's not what I first inter- saw or interpreted. So I like that kind of stuff. And I think it's just one that stuck in my head from when I was, shit, I don't know, 17, 18, when I first saw it, I thought, oh, that's, that's cool. But as I say, there's lots of different versions of the same thing. Peter Randall
2: uh, asked via Twitter, uh, thanks for an enjoyable season of prequalizers. Are there any films or series of films you feel are calling out for a prequel?
0: Mm, calling out keywords. I'm going to jump on this one, jump on this hot prequel grenade <laughs> and say no. Because <laughs> 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 I think nine times out of ten prequels are a bad idea. And we encountered yeah. this quite a lot when we were writing them. We've talked about this extensively, so I won't go on about it, but sure sure the fact that you know where all the characters end up just just hampers the storytelling in a way that just doesn't allow you to explore the world or the characters in a in a as interesting a way as you could do if you just did something completely different i think prequels are now being relied on too much as as well as like remakes and stuff like that because it just plays on the nostalgia of like oh yeah we've got silence of the lambs let's do a prequel like no Put, put, put Young something in, in front of that character Sherlock Young whatever it's like okay sure Young Mr. Magoo yeah exactly <laughs> back when he could see we, 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 when we get a thing called Miyagi and it's the origin story it's like the opposite of Cobra Kai it's the flashback yeah to he's like as a young man which he literally tells us about in a monologue in the first <laughs> that's not enough we need to see a trilogy of films with Jackie Chan <laughs> playing him oh wait we got that um. Yeah. No, I. I think prequels are genuinely a terrible idea, and you really, really struggle to make them work in a in a sensible way for most good films. Take the thing, for example, just as a yeah
3: as a as a thing
0: that was stuck in my brain from one of my most difficult writing sessions. But that's a film you just don't want to do a prequel to, and there are so many other ways of exploring that world and those characters and that universe that you make it so much more interesting the worst idea is to go back and be like well how did the alien get there and be like oh fuck um I, that doesn't matter it doesn't shut up <laughs> so no in general i'm against the concept of prequels as a whole
2: yeah i i, I would agree i think unless you go in with an intention to make like you you deliberately you make a film with the knowledge kind of i mean in a way that star wars did that you know that you're going to be going back in time and exploring other stuff if you do if you do that if you have intention as you're going in to go back in time then you can set up some interesting stuff but i think the bolting a prequel onto something that doesn't that was never made with that in mind is almost always a bad idea. The the sort of semi-exception, I would like to see more period stuff done in the MCU mm, um, and yeah, to yeah. see some more like interesting stories and use that as an excuse to diversify the filmmaking a little bit. I'm not sure like which particular characters I'd pick out and go like, oh, this is the, you know, I want to see a, a gritty 70s Moon night or whatever. But, you I
0: mean, know. It, it um, we got the Agent Carter series, which I thought was fantastic. Yeah and yeah, yeah they didn't they didn't do anything no. no.
2: but i think i think that i think there's an interesting opportunity there but that even that's not really prequel it's just it exists in a certain universe
1: it's a sequel to captain america so yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah i guess <laughs>
3: yeah
2: no i i agree with jack prequels
1: are generally a bad idea i mostly agree Children and AI. No, um, <laughs> um, I, I think I, I wanted to have an answer, basically. So I, I had a long struggle to think of one. I think there are ways to do prequels, providing the universe requires it, like the MCU or Star mm-hmm. Wars, for example. There's enough there. You can just separate yourself and go to something that's different. And you can do something interesting because it's so big and vast. One could argue the Mandalorian is a prequel indirectly because
0: of the universe. And because of that, you like you could what? argue that yeah. it's also a sequel like you just said about how Agent (laughs) Carter. Well, yeah, yeah, that's my apologies. Yes, exactly. Yeah.
1: But also you can argue that Godfather Part Two is part prequel. That's again, you get into the territory of are you talking extended flashback? And that's a very different thing. So so yeah. I would also say my opinion of the best prequel product, in my opinion, is probably the Animatrix second renaissance, whatever it's called. Mm. I, I really like that animated thing. That's that's a genuinely good prequel to The Matrix. That's fantastic. Uh, but if I had to come up with one just to get, have an answer, I came up with Ghost in the Shell. You have the standalone complex animated TV series, which is basically um, <laughs> set in literally, I think, uh, in between during, maybe a little bit after uh, Ghost in the Shell itself, but it's a little bit parallel on um, universe kind of thing. Uh, and you've got the sequel film, but a prequel talking about how the world, it's uh, sort of almost between where we are now and a world where, upgrades are in our heads is so close because ghost and shell always been you know just just at the, the the plausible end of sci-fi a bit like blade runner um it's like oh well you know in the future we'll have all these augmented body parts that will be just fused into this network and you're like whatever sci-fi nonsense and you're like we literally have a phone on our in our hands almost all the time just make the difference that it's in your skin that's the only thing i'm changing or upgrading that it's you know google glasses or google lens that works that kind of thing it's like give me a prequel universe that's not our own and not the fully developed it's everywhere just a bit of a transitionary oh god mm. we we have problems here i think that'd be interesting to explore uh especially from a police procedural point of view do you carry on as a police procedural maybe the units or do you alternatively do it as just a world building thing but that's again i don't actively need that i don't definitely don't think it's calling out for a prequel i mostly agree with you guys um but just to have an answer that's my answer and our last question of the day comes from the Discord again. This is from Zombie Dave. You're each given a one hundred and fifty million dollar no pound, sorry, <laughs> pound like budget. Two hundred million dollars. Two hundred twenty million. Two hundred million dollars. Like yeah. Uh, at present, pre pre no deal. Brexit. I mean, in about
0: six months, it'll be about hundred million. Move the decimal point all yeah. the way to the
1: end. We have a one pound fifty budget. Oh, um, yeah. So, 150 million pound budget. Which of your sequelized or prequelized, which is an interesting thing. There, we to say sequelized or prequelized, but sure. Yeah, me, uh, movies. Yeah, the, Do the, you the choose the verb is
0: to sequelize? Just to let you know. Yeah, you, for future yeah. reference. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. Sequelizer or prequelizer? Dude, reused- um, movies. Do you choose to greenlight into production? Jack, what
0: are you uh, birthing? Cats? Yes, made mostly cats. <laughs> I'm picking Tom Hooper's Cats, and I want to just. Oh wait, do no, a we didn't see trilogy. Like it, so. Shit, sorry. A trilogy of the Cats movies.
1: Meh! <laughs> <laughs> I would be on the set if there's milk, but there's not. It's just like, cheese <laughs> or something. Oh, really.
0: just Jason Derulo's cheers everywhere. <laughs> I want to make the Logan film we talked about, the Wolverine film that I pitched, and then you guys added <clears throat> to, and kind of sculpted sure. and perfected having Mangold do a trilogy in that way and actually give him the budget and the means to do the first film properly in my opinion have it be my logan origins film basically mm-hmm. have that work and that would fix so many problems in that fucking universe because <laughs> as i said first the x-men origins will <laughs> movie is objectively bad and i think this film would be considerably better as we talked about in the episode when we did it on prequelizers of mm. of my personal films from from whatever written, that would be the one i'd like to see the most and i think would have the most positive impact going forward and would be the most satisfying for me if i was some kind of like you know out of the time loop <laughs> uh, <laughs> objective observer guy where i'm like yes i did Water? i did yeah i'm the I'm watcher basically being like Yes, I see that. James Mangold's career has gone from strength to strength. You're welcome, James. Like, <laughs> yeah, and they didn't do a bunch of shitty prequels. I mean, with 150 million pounds, well, you get a really fucking good CGI bear. Look, <laughs> polar bear is gonna look amazing. It's gonna all, look those, like fucking, all those uh, revenant, all those the revenant all those dead wolves amazing. All those mm. dead baby wolves, even better. <laughs> Wolverine's dick. Oh yeah, we're getting we're getting some prime 150 million dollar jackman
1: penis not just a, <laughs> a load of socks in a sock
0: stitched onto <laughs> some underwear no that's, like, how I'm that a penis? Them, that's how I'm making the polar bear, <laughs> <laughs>
1: that's, that's the polar bear. <laughs> <laughs> still socks play. yeah all socks Polar bears don't look like polar bears on film. You've just got to make them out of socks. Exactly. By the way, the reason I mention that is because uh, I seem to recall in primary school, this isn't like a horrifying story, don't worry. Uh, in primary school, it's like, you know, I think I've seen like, oh, everybody has to play like dogs or some shit, like 101 Dalmatians kind of thing. And it's like, well, you put socks in socks and it makes it look like dog's ears. And you're like, fucking dogs have you been looking at.
0: <laughs> fucking hell. <laughs> like two horrible dreads on your head. So yeah, Logan Origins is my pick for my, my own film to fund. Mm, good job. Having
2: just railed against prequels, if I had a, a bigger budget, Ooh. 150 million is not enough for me. Uh, if Ooh, I had a bigger budget... Him,
1: fucking, fucking greedy tamed. little bastard.
2: I would, I would actually like to see Matt's Founders trilogy.
0: Oh, uh, Hogwarts. The Hogwarts,
2: yeah, the yes, Hogwarts yes, yes. ones. Uh, <clears throat> yeah, certainly not,
0: f- not even close.
2: Yeah, a far better alternative to the fucking Fantastic Beasts film. As, as we don't have that that amount of money to just spaff at uh, these these films. I've
1: gone for, you know, I forgot the kids. My Honey, I Blew Up the Kid. It's one of my favourite
0: for sure. I agree. Version. I,
1: I remember you hearing something, this is a fantastic picture, one I really, really liked a lot. Um, I gel with it. I loved it. And I wanted to, I, was like, I feel annoyed we don't have it. So I agree with that. It's entirely. one
0: of those. I know the listeners have said <laughs> that sometimes, like, oh, you know, it's a really good episode when you're kind of, bro- your heart is broken <laughs> at the end that it doesn't exist. Mm-hmm. And we did get the... A real life version, and I think a lot mm. of people and Matt and I included said that after mm. your honey, I forgot the kids pitch. So, yeah. yeah, yeah,
2: so yeah, either either it gets made in the past and we have that as an extant thing, or given that they seem to be trying to reboot that franchise, oh, Disney, yeah,
3: yeah,
2: yeah. I'm here, I'm willing oh. to sell out.
1: It's <laughs> like that, that Patrick H. Willems line, yeah, happy to sell out
2: <laughs> <laughs> I'm happy to sell out, I'm yeah. eager to, yeah, so yeah, I, I, I. Mm i was very pleased with uh, that and and how it was received so which is by the way
1: nice. who's to say we haven't already done some time traveling in the future gone back and ensured that some of your favorite movies are in fact yourself by the way empire strikes back you're fucking welcome
0: yeah <laughs> you don't know how bad it was <laughs> it was all you think fucking... Lawrence kazdan's a real man no yeah. <laughs> it's the no. three of us in a trench coat <laughs> that's on each you're a very shoulders. very tall man <laughs>
2: The Dark Knight, they were originally going to go with fucking Calendar Man in that shit.
0: cal <laughs> <laughs> el Man. It was <laughs> Dark Knight versus Superman. Speaking of which, I saw a brief or like audition screen test for Killian Murphy's Batman when he, because he originally auditioned Ooh, for Yeah, Batman. he was, yeah. Real weird. Really yeah. weird. Yeah. The cheekbones are just too much. He's yeah, Just mm. overwhelming. He,
2: he, I, I I can't see him as a. He's he's even more cheekbony bony than Pattinson.
0: Yeah, it's like oh, the screen
2: yeah, test a,
1: a for a lot more than Pattinson. Yeah, Yeah. the screen test for um, Tom Hiddleston as Thor. Ugh. Yeah, oh, It's so weird. Because when we yeah. were again, I mentioned this in a, pre- in so, a Shakespeare episode recently. He's so
0: gangly. You kind of a gangly yeah. Because <laughs> he was like,
1: he was like, I'm actually blonde, and we had to dye his hair, and and you know Hemsworth's a bit brown hair, but he had to dye it blonde. And we were laughing about this sort of stuff. I thought, mm. Yeah. And he said it's weird, because I audi- and he said to the room, and I auditioned for Thor. And as I said at the time in the episode, these weren't big actors. We we're like, oh, they're cool. They're just these nice people, it seems like. You know, we saw some clips and it was very funny. And it was actually everyone in the room was disappointed that Kenneth Branagh hadn't turned up because there was a rumour he was going to be there. And he sent like sent a letter that was read out by the guy from Empire saying, Oh, I, I will I send you this across the nine realms and I'm very fortunate. But my, <laughs> my two friends here, Chris and and Tom, will give you all this. I don't know who the fuck these people are. No one, knew. <laughs> no one knew how big that was going to be. Anyway, my one is also a prequel, despite my despising prequels, <laughs> and, and it sounds so self-aggrandizing and so vainglorious to say this, but I don't care. We've
2: all we've all picked our own films, so it
1: <laughs> no no one has no one has gone
2: that like oh I really true.
0: liked Matt's work there. I, no. I'm not gonna lie, I kind of thought that was the point of the question. So you know.
1: yeah, <laughs> it does say
0: all of your movies. So yeah, I, yeah. I, I must
1: admit, I it the same way, but yeah. The,
0: yeah, just just we could have not done
1: it. Yeah, no, I, I I remember when the moment clicked for me when I was doing the Zulu Dawn, and I thought it had to be Steve McQueen directing, and from there I went
0: shit i fucking we kind of need this film i i I remember you having that revelation i remember reading your pitch Mm. and us discussing it and i i think i either didn't know the director or we were talking about it beforehand or whatever it was and instantly it was like oh yeah i'm gonna do this kind of uh i'm doing it like we're we're making it now not yes back in the day Mm. and all that kind of stuff it's like well, it's going to be Steve McQueen, right? It has to be. <laughs> it has to be Steve McQueen. And you're like, and my director? Is Steve McQueen?" And I was like, "Yes, <laughs> damn right it is. My good choice. Yeah, this, that is yeah. the right call."
1: That is a genuine film. I'm like, I kind of still hope we get this kind of story at some point. We, I mean, let me just point this out uh, because of the the BFI London Film Festival stuff and Steve McQueen putting push for like, we need more of these stories. We need more, uh, black you know, black British people, but also just black people in general and other uh, ethnicities and and BAME individuals and stuff. The idea that we need more stories from around the world in more prominent mainstream stuff, which we all fully support and agree with. Obviously, we're not fucking monsters here, um, although there are a lot of wankers out there. Black Lives
0: Matter, etc. We've been pretty outspoken on this
1: subject. Entirely, entirely. Um, But I do think there is going to be a lot of cinema and there deservedly should be a lot of cinema talking about European colonialism. Mm. Honestly, not in that sense of like, well, there were a lot of good guys. And it's it's always the kind of like, how do we tell a story about the. Uh, not the Donald Trump approach. The one right? good white guy one in this good story. Guy. When I do this talk about the LA riots, well, we should have had a good cop. It's like, all guy realizes on the right like, no, 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 no. Stop right there. It's very. I, I can see what you're doing. I know why you're doing it. Stop. <laughs> um, so I do think we need a lot of that sort of stuff. I think it's coming. I'm not sure how it's going to be. To start with, I think there's gonna be a weird transition where you're like, we're gonna have some really creepy, uncomfortable colonial t- you know, really really show the hard truths. We're like twelve years of slave. But we're gonna you know, obviously with with colonial effect rather than slavery in, in in the southern states of America. Cool, cool, cool. Who are you gonna get? We're gonna get Johnny Depp and he's gonna do a crazy voice. <laughs> and you're like, oh, oh fucking God. hell. And it's like, I, I don't know if that's the right choice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It'd be great. Um, so that yeah, Zululand, my my Zuland pitch, I really Really Mm. wish I could have seen that. (laughs) We may yet. We may yet.
0: It's maritime. And with those, our selections. That wraps us up for this rendition of listener questions, aka listener feedback, aka Q&A, whatever you want to call it. aka sequelizers on trial. (laughs) Pretty much, yeah. In the hot seat. Uh,
1: We're occasionally in the hot seat on like Twitter and, and the Discord and stuff. People like, Hey, why did you do this? I just thought it was a good casting. No, no, why did you do this? (laughs) I just
0: thought it was good casting. I mean, that happens if we mention Johnny Depp,
1: basically. (laughs) Johnny
0: fucking Depp. Those fans
1: are... rabid.
0: Yeah. (gasps) Yeah. Anyway. And we've already mentioned them on the show, but our executive producers, all three of them have submitted questions, and we didn't give them a round of applause earlier, so why not give them a round of applause now? Our first submitted question was from Jonathan Firth Clark, clap 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 clap, and of course Mike Salvia, clap 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 clap, and last but not least, Arkham Fright, as he's known on Discord, Stuart Maine, clap 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 Thank you much for your support. We will have potentially some new executive producers coming up soon for season seven because we might be uh, shifting a few things around on the old Patreon, ladies and gentlemen. So you uh, have mm. got a few more weeks of interseason and then we'll be back with some sequelizing goodness. But until then, you've got about three or four weeks more of the interseason stuff. And I'd like to thank you very much for listening.